0: And we're in our series called A Culture of Honor. So turn to the person next to you and say, honor. Honor. Come on, say it out loud. Say, honor. Honor. And uh, let's review last week for just a moment. Last week we talked. We started with 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 16, end of 16 and verse 17. It says, living as servants of God. How many of you guys are living as servants of God, like me? Say, "Me." me. All right. It says, honor everyone. Love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the emperor. So it was with that premise that we went into that we now live in a culture um, in the United States, a lot in the church even, where we don't honor anymore. We don't esteem as valuable anymore. And we actually, um, we actually looked at the power of dishonor as we looked at Jesus' parable about the, uh, about the son that went wayward, you know, the prodigal son, as you've heard it preached over the years. And that when you and I live a life of dishonor, and remember, to honor means to treat as valuable, to treat as special... Therefore, dishonor means to just treat something as commonplace. We illustrated it about, you know, with shoes, you know, when you get a new pair of shoes and how you treat them, you don't let them get scuffed up. But your old shoes, you just kind of throw them around, you leave them outside, you forget about them, they're getting wet, they're getting dirty, and you don't care anymore because you got a new set of shoes. And we lose honor for the old stuff because we got something new. And especially in our generation, we're always looking for something new, 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 that we lose respect or value over the years, if we're not careful for those things which are so important. And with that, we talked about when you and I begin to dishonor, it creates a couple things in us. Number one, we said it steals our humility. And the Bible, as we quoted earlier during worship time, uh, during ministry time, is that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So you say, Well, how come so-and-so keeps being blessed? It seems like God always does for them, and they're always just whining and being a little ninny, and and, and here I am just trying to, I'm doing my best to do it in my own strength, and I don't beg God. God for anything, yet he doesn't give me anything. That's your problem. Your problem is that you've got pride in your life, and the person over here is like, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to fix it. I'm a mess, and God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud, and that's what happens when you and I become people of dishonor. We won't honor our boss. We won't honor the Lord. We won't honor our family. We won't honor our coworkers. Guess what happens? We become people full of pride. We lose our humility. It steals our satisfaction. We talked about when you and I live in dishonor, It steals our satisfaction. Nothing satisfies us. Nothing's ever good enough. Nothing ever really makes it work for us. We're never really happy. Why? Because we have a life of dishonor because we won't walk in honor. Here's the next thing that we said is it steals your common sense. Some of the people just, that's dumb. Why would you ever do that? It's because you don't value the things of the lord or you don't value what your boss said or you don't value the laws of the land and so you're doing dumb stupid things just like the prodigal son why in the world would he burn through all of this money in just a matter of months years whatever it took and it's all gone and now here he is eating from the pig slop and then the next thing it steals your self-worth and when you're dishonoring then no one honors you and you constantly are trying to be valuable and you're not because you have no self worth and the self worth is stolen because you and I are people of dishonor and the last one it steals your purpose and we illustrated that with the sermon with this uh, parable that Jesus taught with the prodigal son that here he is way away from his calling outside of what God had planned for him he's feeding pigs he's starving to death and he comes to his senses and said listen at least let's go back to daddy's house at least be a servant because my dad he treats his servants better than these people are treating me, and I'm at the end of it all. Let's at least come back to God. Come on, somebody. I know people who've lived out there in the world thinking if I could just get out there, get away from mom and dad, get away from church, and I can just party all I want, and then they look up somewhere in their 40s and realize I have destroyed everything. At least I had some common sense about me. At least I had peace when I was a Christian. Let me go back to God, and that's really what Jesus was illustrating with that whole prodigal son message. Well, today, we're going to jump back into this uh, uh, this series, and today, what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to look at two of the four entities that God tells us in scriptures that we should honor. That if you and I will take these. Two today, and then two next week, and we'll begin to focus on honoring and valuing these four entities, that we will be blessed, will prosper, we'll live long lives. That's exactly what the scriptures are talking about. So today, we're going to look at, number one, if we'll honor the Lord. Number two, if we'll honor, as the Bible says, our mother and our father, are our parents. And we'll break those two down as we jump in today. And so with that being said, one day a little girl was sitting and watching her mother do the dishes at the kitchen sink. She suddenly noticed that her mother had several strands of white hair sticking out in contrast to her brunette head. And she looked at her mother and inquisitively asked, Why are some of the hairs on your head white, Mom? Her mother replied, Well, every time that you do something wrong and make me cry or unhappy, one of my hairs turns white. The little girl thought about this revelation uh, for a while and then said, Well, Mom, how come all of Grandma's hairs are all white? Come on, somebody. Before we get into honoring and how to go about honoring our parents, let's start with what the scripture starts as premier and and foremost, and that is honoring the Lord. Honoring the Lord, the Scripture is full of script, uh, full of passages that says, "And honor the Lord, honor, the Lord. treat the Lord as valuable, as precious in your life. May His words and His desires and His who He is be the most important thing in your life." And constantly throughout Scripture, we see the children of Israel disrespecting, dishonoring their love relationship, their covenant relationship with the Living God. And there's one particular incidence of this that I want to point out, and that's found in uh, in, the, in the book of Second First uh, Samuel, chapter two. I'm going to illustrate it and then we'll read a p- portion of the passage or I'll tell you the storyline. So so Samuel, uh, excuse me, First um, uh, Samuel talks about a priest named Eli. Uh, Eli is, um, is God's man. He stands before the people and he represents the Lord and he speaks to the people on behalf of God. God speaks to him, he speaks to the people. We're under a new covenant where God speaks to all of us, not just one person who tells us what God says. Somebody say amen. Isn't that a great, wonderful disposition that we get to live in? And so, but in these times, in Bible times, God didn't do that. He literally had to separate himself from humanity because of the sin and then he would pick certain men or women and he'd speak to them and have them speak to the people. It was, it was the way it was done in those days until Jesus came and bridged the gap back for all humanity to be able to have an interaction with the living God. And so it's in one of those dispensations that Eli is the priest. Eli is called by God. His family has been priests. He's inherited it from his father and he's a person who stands and represents uh, the Lord to the people. So as a result, there's an expectation that he live holy, that he be righteous, that he doesn't mishandle the finances, that he doesn't have uh, sex with all the women, that he's a godly man if he's going to represent God to the people. And I believe that should still be in place for ministers and leaders today. And somebody doggone it ought to say amen. amen so frustrated. You want to make Jesus mad? Be a person who leads the people and be full of wickedness and perversion and manipulation. And so that's exactly what transpired. Eli raised up his sons in the ministry alongside of him, but they lost honor for the Lord. They did not value what God thought was important. They did not honor and respect the Lord. And so what we see happening in 1 Samuel chapter 2 uh, is that Eli's sons Hophni and Phinehas, please don't ever name your children or grandchildren Hophni or Phinehas. Hophni and Phinehas became so arrogant and so prideful and dishonored and disdained the Lord so much, although they represented him, that they committed two great sins. The first sin that they committed was they began having sex with all the women in the temple. They They were making love to prostitutes and anyone else. They were using their position as a spiritual leader to manipulate women and have sex with them. Sound familiar? The second sin that they committed was yearly, throughout the year, people would come and they would make sacrifices. They would give to the temple, to the Lord. and The Lord had commanded them to. And the way they would go about doing it in these days that they would bring uh, as they would kill their fatted calves As they would kill their sheep and they would take the meat and they would cook it And, and then the priests could come along at a certain moment and reach their hook down in it And whatever meat that, would, that held on to their hook at a certain point once it had boiled and become tender Whatever meat they got to take that they could sell that off And that finances would be able to be there to help supply for their families as priests Provide for them throughout the year to come and throughout the year and what happened with Hophni and Phinehas, they began to manipulate and say, no, God wants us to have it before it begins to get tender, and they would go by, and they would grab the meat, and that, therefore they would get three, four, five times more meat, four or five times more money, come on somebody, so that they could live a life of luxury and pleasure while hurting the people and calling it God's will. Sound familiar? Yeah. This is Hophni and Phinehas, Eli's sons. So when it comes to Eli's attention that his grown sons, he's now old in age, and his grown sons are doing all the ministry that's supposed to be happening. When it comes to his attention, he pulls them aside and says, don't do it. But they keep doing it. And instead of doing what he needed to do by honoring the Lord, he was more intimidated of what his boys thought than he was of what God desired. He honored his boys over honoring the Lord, and as a result, God, who always talked to the priest and didn't talk to anybody else, found some other obscure person that we don't even know who it is, and it says in the scriptures that a man came to Eli and says, this is what God says, and let's read that real quick in verse 27 of 1 Samuel chapter 2. It says, this is what the Lord says, did I not clearly reveal myself to your father's house when they were in Egypt? under Pharaoh. I chose your father out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to go up to my altar, to burn incense, to wear an ephod in my presence. I also gave your father's house all the offerings made with fire by the Israelites. Why do you, dis- why do you scorn my sacrifice and offering and that, uh, that I prescribe for my dwelling? Why do you honor your son's more than me, by fattening yourselves on the choice parts of every offering made by my people Israel. Therefore, verse 30, Lord, the God of Israel declares, I promise that your house and your father's house would minister before me forever, but now the Lord declares, far be it from me, those who honor me, I will honor, but those who despise me will be disdained. And God speaks this thousands of years ago, and he starts with a priest, with a God-centered, God-established man who's supposed to represent the Lord to the people who has now lost a place of honor and respect for the Lord and now honors his children more than he honors the Lord. Listen to me. I love my kids, but I'm telling you right now, they're not going to dishonor my God because I love him more than I love anyone else. My wife, my children, my job, my friends, Jesus Christ, my Savior, died on a cross that I might have life and life forevermore. Are you with me? Say yes. And that is valuable to me. It is the most precious thing I possess Is my salvation. It's worth more than all the gold that I could ever amass over a lifetime of business. It's worth more than all the friends that I could amass through uh, through being social and being out there and hanging out and high-fiving people. It's more, more, worth more than all my children, all my beautiful, my wife, and all the beautiful love exchanges that we have. Jesus Christ and what He did for me and who he is is the love of my life and this is what it means to honor the lord and what happens is eli loses that because it becomes customary for him he's just doing the do he's just going to church he's just preaching messages he's just showing up and he's doing the little and he loses honor And respect for the Lord, Jehovah God, the God of heaven and earth, has allowed him to minister to his people, and he's lost the value of that, and it's become common to him. It's become just everyday stuff to him, and as a result, his children grow up seeing that, and they become even worse in it. They don't just not honor the Lord, but they steal from the Lord and from the Lord's people, and as a result, if you'll keep reading, we don't have time, as a result, those men die, and Eli dies and God takes little Samuel and makes him the priest to stand before the people who was and little Samuel's mom and daddy they ain't of the priestly line they just good old country folk come on somebody she couldn't have kids and God did a miracle and gave her a child and she said Lord if you'll give me a child I'll give him back to you he'll he'll belong to you Lord I just want to be able to say that my God is still alive in Israel and God gives her to little Samuel, and she gives him to the priestly order. And little Samuel's growing up watching Eli and Eli's sons as he's serving Eli. And God says, I'm going to do away with Eli, and I'm going to put you forward because you love me, you respect me, you show honor, you value me. And friend, this is what's been missing a lot in the churches around the world, is that we've lost an honor for the Lord. And I tell you, the older generation's always complaining about it. They're always complaining about it. We don't show honor and respect. Years ago, when I was running the Bible school, Christ for the Nations, this new song came out, and we were all into it. It was awesome. And, and, and there was a line in this song, and, and heaven meets surf like a sloppy wet kiss, and my eyes are not inside my chest, and, and all the young people were like, yeah, sloppy wet kiss, and I'll never forget, one of our elders, who's about 80, about 180 years old, <laughs> he's about 85, Dr. Belcher. Dr. Belcher had been a Christian since he was a little boy and seen many miracles and been through many revivals. He's sitting there and he's got these big thick glasses. He's sitting there, and he's never, ever, ever said anything negative. in all the years I'd ministered alongside of him. And all of a sudden he stopped and give me the mic. He said, Let me tell you something. Sloppy wet kiss. Jesus is not your lap dog. He's the king of glory. And this dishonor that you're giving him with this song. And I'm like, sorry. (laughs) I thought it was cool. But he brought us back to a place of respect. And he said, Jesus is not your buddy or your little friend. He's the king of glory. The angels bow. The mention of his name. Every demon in hell shudders when his name is called out. He is the reigning king forever and ever and ever, and you will not treat him not in my presence as your little buddy, as your little lap dog. And we were all like, "Yes!" We we're all on our face, you know. But he brought it back to balance. Yeah, Jesus is our friend. He calls us a friend, and he loves us. But he's not your get out of jail free card person. He, he's 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 not your little sugar daddy. He's the king of glory. And the reason why many of us have some of the problems we have is because he's never become Lord. And we've lost respect for who he really is. If the president of the United States walked in this room, whether you voted for him or not, we would all rise. And we would all stand at attention because of his position and because of the authority and power that he possesses. Not only that, you, you probably wouldn't even be allowed in the building because once they did background checks on all of us, most of us wouldn't be able to get to stay here. <laughs> come on, somebody. <laughs> yeah, we know what's up with us. <laughs> but if he walked in the room, I tell you, the power that that position holds and that man yields in the earth doesn't even come close it's not even a drop in the bucket. It's not a worth of sand, a, a kernel of sand on the seashores of the earth compared to what Jesus Christ is. And so it is with that that I would warn us in the series that we come back to a place of honor. I would warn our worship team, don't just sing songs. Declare that he is Lord in front of all of us. Magnify the king of kings and the Lord. I would declare to myself, don't take Oh, Pastor, don't be treating this position as though it's just something that you can benefit from. I, in all honor and respect, recognize that the Lord's allowed me to be a minister in your life, and that is so precious and so valuable. And so that's why I don't mess around with somebody else's wife. Come on, somebody. That's why I don't mess around on social media with other with little flirty things and stuff like that. That's why I don't mess around with porn. That's why I don't lie and cheat and steal. That's why I'm not trying to take more money from the church so I can drive bigger cars and have bigger houses because I know the key is the kingdom of kings and the lord of lords and that all glory and honor is due him and not me i'm just a servant just like you come on somebody and when we come in the rightful position and honor him as such that's why you're not gonna curse his name in front of me i'll knock you out i don't care how big you are we're gonna get into it why because i love him and i honor him he's precious to me and that needs to be restored to the body of christ don't you believe that say yes we ought not let our children act foolish in the presence of the lord say hey and I'll tell mine all they kids, you know, they're kids. Right? You know, you remember when you were a kid and you had to go to church, you're like, oh, my God. But I'm always teaching them, even in the car today with Adeline. Hey, baby, I was praying, and she's like, what, you, what, what are you doing? I was like, I'm talking to God. I need him to speak to me so that I represent him well to the people today. I don't want to misrepresent him because he's God. And she's like. And worship, you know, she'll come running in from kids ministry, come to second service. and She'll come running in, look at me, look at me. I grab her by the ear, hey, 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 this ain't about you, it's about him. Come on, let's worship him. Let's worship him. I don't make it dead religion, but at the same time, I'm not going to allow him, allow her to begin to devalue the king of kings and the Lord of lords and treat him as common. Are you with me? Say yes. And so that's the first and foremost piece that we see in Scripture as those who we need to honor, starting with the Lord. And let me give you a couple thoughts on how to honor the Lord. And then we'll move to mother and father. Here's the first thing I've learned on how to begin to develop an honor with the Lord. Number one is I need to love him more than anything else. And so what you want to do is pause yourself right now and say, what do I love more than I love the Lord? You say, well, how do I know? Well, I can tell what you love by when I mention it, how excited you get about it. So when I ask you, man, uh, you, know, so you, you, you know, you're a Christian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, love, you love Jesus? Yeah, I yeah, love the Lord. How about those cowboys? Man, I tell you, when Romo gets back in it, baby, woo, we're going to start winning again. That's what you love. You can tell what you love by when we start talking about it. Your passion level, your excitement, communication, it all goes through the roof when you love something, doesn't it? That's why you can tell when a man doesn't love his wife when he calls her, 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 her his old lady. She ain't my old lady. That's the princess McCain. That's the queen of our home. She is fine. And when she calls me the name comes up with her face Sexy Mama. <laughs> You've heard me say it I've said it probably by poor kids. They, they don't ever want to hear it again. I've only said it to each one of them about once. When they started mouthing off to their mama I'll stop everything and look at them and say let me tell you something that's my wife. She's the queen of this home. And let me tell you something, I can make another one of you, so you better fall in line. Don't you ever talk like that again to your mama. And it's that kind of honor and respect that when you love someone that you can't help but talk about it. And so first and foremost, the first step on how to honor the Lord is love him more than anything else. So what I'm always doing, and you know, it happens. We don't even know it happens, do we? One minute, we're just doing life, and we're just trying to get it through. And before we realize, we don't even realize I've fallen in love with something more than I've fallen in love with Jesus. I've fallen out of love with Jesus. and I've fallen in love with something else, not because I intended to, just because it got so busy I stopped spending time that I lost relationship. And before I know it, this is all my world is about. Are you with me? And so what has to happen, we have to pause and say, oh, wait a minute. No, sir, you're okay. And I've got to do this. I've got to have this job. I've got to do, I enjoy my boat. I, 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 I love going shopping and all that, but none of that matters you are the king of kings and the lord of lords of my life you are my lover and my favorite and my very best friend and i will not tell, have any other gods before you and me between you and i you are god and there every now and then we just need to wake ourselves up and go wait a minute wait a minute i didn't i started falling out of love with him not because i intended to when i do marriage counseling people who don't love each other anymore and want to get a divorce they can't ever even t- determine where it all started it happened a little bit at a time just a little bit at a time, just doing life, just getting busy. And that's why we're so passionate here about, no, 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 we're going to relentlessly love Jesus. You're going to see me dancing on the front row, even if you don't like it. So what? I don't care. I'm going to love Jesus. I'm not going to fall out of love with him. I'm not going to get so busy caring for you that I lose my relationship with him. I'm going to get so busy fixing family issues and trying to provide for my family that I don't know him anymore. Are you with me? Say yes. Here's a second way that you and I, okay, we can put into practice on how to honor the Lord. Number two is we got to start obeying His commands. If it's in the Bible, He said it, I believe it, that settles it, let's go on. Instead of arguing with it, I don't know if I believe it. I don't know. Ah, listen, this is where the Lord gets frustrated with His people Israel all throughout Scripture. You keep disobeying me, yet you want me to be your father. You want me to be your Lord. Many of us have blended families, and so all of a sudden you inherit a, a stepson or a stepdaughter. They don't won't listen to you. You're not my daddy. tell me. No, you're not my daddy. So what happens is, okay, great. If I can't tell you and you won't listen to me, then fine. I won't have a relationship with you. And that's what happens with us if we're not careful with the Lord. You no, know, Lord, this is how it ought to be, Lord. Fine then. If you won't listen to me, then I'll just back away and leave you to yourself. I have learned, if it says in the scripture, I'm living it. If this is what the Bible says, I agree with it. Let's go on with God. And that's why we come to church. That's why we interact in small group, because we want to know what is he said. David said, I've hid your words in my heart that I may not sin against you because I don't know what to I live my life based on beast instincts based on just this natural worldly things the way I was raised where what my university taught me my philosophies and concepts somebody taught me and I just that's all I know but Lord I understand now that you have a word and you have a way and your ways are right and so I'm going to hide those in my heart so I won't sin against you and the third thing that I've learned to do and learning to honor the Lord how to go about that practically is I value what he values God values life that's why abortion is wrong he values life. In your mother's womb, I fashioned you and formed you. That's why. Even, even, even though I've wept with women who've been raped and said, this is, this is horrible and, and I don't want to keep this child. It's da, 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 da. I, I, I'm able to make a right decision in that because I value what he values. And I suffer in pain and difficulty with that, with that sweet lady. And I'm so sorry that happened. But I am a man who was unwanted pregnancy. And I thank God That my my mama didn't have the opportunity to kill me legally because I was born January 22nd, 1971. January 22nd, 1973 is when Roe versus Wade was passed and approved. And abortion was legalized. I thank God that my little teenage mama didn't have that opportunity because look what God has done with me the pain, the suffering. But I thank God, and it's a hard, horrible, horrible decision to have to make. It's a terrible thing to have to grapple with. But when you value what he values, then you can do what he does because he's the Lord, of God, Lord God, and I just surrender him. Even if I don't like it, even if I don't understand it, even if I don't necessarily agree with it, he's the Lord. And I value him as such. I'm not God, he's God. His ways are higher than my ways. Are you with me? The second thing, and let's look at this one today. The second area or entity that we're supposed to honor in Scripture is mother and father. Mother and father. Let's look at Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15 verse 3. Jesus says it like this. He says, and why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, honor your father and your mother. And anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. But you say, if a man says to his father or mother, whatever help you might otherwise have received from me is a gift devoted to God. He's not to honor his father with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of tradition. Jesus literally is rebuking them because in Jesus' time, those who were ministers, those who were leaders said, you know, I'm supposed to take care of my elderly parents, but I'm not going to do it because whatever gift I was supposed to give to them, I'm going to give it to the Lord. And, I'm just and then he said, no, 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 that's not at all what scripture says. It's not all what God the Father says. And He brings His generation back to what God has said from the very beginning in Scripture honor, value, esteem as precious your father and your mother. I'm going to show you a quick video today, and then uh, we're going to jump into a little different way of, uh, of learning on, about this lesson about honoring father and mother. Go ahead and watch the, that video. You guys got it ready?
1: I have my my grandmother, my mom, you know, and then there's me and then my daughter. Ken and I have been with Church on the Hill since we've got, you know, since we got married, so our whole married life, having kids, has been in the church. Uh, Everyone's been so involved and so great. It's been our family, away from family.
2: Through the years, with Kenzie being a part of COTH, we have heard all about the Koth family. We have heard the message of Koth, the, the goals of Koth, and so and the and the stories and the the relationships that Kinsey has with her Koth family. So when we first began the process of feeling like there was a transition, we kind of felt like this was gonna be the natural transition to come be with family. And so We already felt connected to Call because of these relationships. So when we stepped in, we felt like we already had this relationship going and that this was the natural transition for us to serve here together. So we're excited with what God wants to do with us as part of a family here.
3: It's a real privilege, something I never thought we would get to enjoy, is to be four generations doing Mm -hmm. church life together.
1: I love that in Church on the Hill there's there's no separation there's not this you know my natural family and my church family there's so much unity and if you could i think if you could summarize church on the hill in one word it would be family and the biggest compliment we've ever had is when people say they walk in and they feel like they're at a family reunion cousins aunts and uncles there's just such a camaraderie that goes so much deeper than just friendships but it's it's like we're all from the same bloodline we're all related and, and that's the beautiful part of Church on the Hill. Church, Church on, the on the Hill, Hill doing, doing
0: life together. Come on, give it up for these ladies. Isn't this something? Come on, you can do better than that. Give it up for these wonderful ladies. <laughs> All right, so sitting in front of you today, starting on your left, is Miss Evie. Wave it, everybody, Miss Evie. Say Hello. Yeah, and then Kenzie, everybody wave at Kenzie. She's Miss Diane and Miss Betty. Come on, wave at these guys. They're so glad to have them. I felt like instead of telling the story myself, I felt like it would be better to hear from four generations of women who love the Lord, who love each other, and then who honor one another, and they therefore love you, and all are in ministry together. Isn't that something? It's phenomenal. And so I just want to take a moment. I wanted to hear from you guys. You have such an honor for one another, and it's been so precious to be your pastor and watch it. And, and so, you know, Miss Betty, you guys pastored for how many years did y'all pastor for? Oh, over 30 years. Over 30 years. Mm-hmm. They pastored longer than I've been alive. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> And then, Miss Diane, how long did you guys pastor? Uh, we
2: pastored 35 years. 35
0: years. And then Ken and Kinsey have been helping us for the last 12 or so, it seems like. Yeah, yeah about 100. 12 years. Yeah. yeah. And then Evie's pastoring the kids' ministry tomorrow. She's going to be the pastor of it. all. And so I just wanted, I wanted you guys to, there's such an honor and respect that you care for one another, and to watch you guys interact as a family, I think. Because of that honor that you have for one another, and obviously the the gentlemen as well, but but that honor that you carry, I think is the reason why um, you 're such a great example for us on what ministry can look like and what a family can look like. Many of us are are split blended families, and uh, you know uh, some, I, I, probably most of us don 't have uh, great ministerial family lines that we came from, and so I want to start that. I want my children to love the Lord the way you guys do, and so won 't you give us a little bit of what what kind of Start with you, Miss Diane, what did you see in your mom that just said, "You know what I want to be like that i want to i mean obviously she was a pastor 's wife and and you uh, you became a pastor 's wife and minister and tell me what you saw and, and why did you why did you fall in that pathway
2: Well, I think it had to, it started as a child I was taught that we honor the title the position,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and that was my responsibility but what was amazing to me and what I think is amazing is that I was born into a household that made a choice before I was ever there that they were going to honor the Lord. That yeah. that was the lifestyle. That yeah. was their decision. You know, they were pastoring about three years before I came on the scene, and they had been working in a church involved. They had made a decision to honor the Lord. So when I just, when I'm born into the household, it's already a household of faith. So... I see my mother and my father honoring the Lord through their whole life. God was number one. It's like you said, honoring the Lord number one. So when I watched my mother's life, I watched an example of a woman who honored the Lord. She uh, could be um, funny, clever, creative as a mom and um, took good care of us. And uh, we laughed a lot. But I knew that when it came down the line, I would obey because she, they were people of honor. And, yeah. and their responsibility was to walk worthy of that honor.
0: Yeah, right. My
2: responsibility was to honor. So I was so blessed that they took their responsibility seriously. So I just kind of walked along in the line and said, well, this is, this is how we behave. This is what we yeah. do. We honor the Lord. You know, we love one another. Yep. We cherish. Ms.
0: Now, Miss Betty, was, you, was, was your mom a, a Christian? Was she a believer?
3: No, I wasn't born into a household of faith. But a very loving congregation loved me into the family of God. And I'd like to say this to some of you young people who your parents may not serve the Lord. Because of um, the fact that my parents didn't serve the Lord, I sort of put put them aside in value. And I began to look to the church body as my my mentors. And you say, well, that's right. But later, when I became an adult and had children of my own, the Lord spoke to my heart. In fact, we were pastoring our second church. Yeah. The Lord said to me, you haven't honored your mother. He
0: yeah. yeah, you did the same thing for me.
3: But my my reasoning, I thought, was right, but yeah. it was wrong. Because they weren't Christians. Yeah, they're yeah. not Christians. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord put me in line there yeah. that I honor wow. my parents. I may not always could do what they thought I should do. They yeah. thought I should take another direction when I got out of high school, but I, I couldn't honor that. I had to honor God first, but God put me in line. Yeah. And I had to write a letter of apology to my, my wow. mother who wasn't serving the Lord. Wow. And say, Mom, I, I didn't honor you like I should.
0: You know, Miss Betty, I think that was probably the turning point that created such a pathway of honor for these other ladies to walk on, your children and your grandchildren yeah. and great-grandchildren to walk on. Thank you for that. That's Precious Kenzie. tell me, you, you've, you've, uh, you've told me in the past um, just, you know, waking up in the morning and having your mom... You know, just you'd hear her in a room just praying, crying out to God, and then and then you know, grandmother as well. Tell us a little bit about that. And why? I mean, you've always talked about them with such respect. Why? I mean, you know, surely you had your teenage years where you thought, "Man, this is stupid. Christianity's dumb. This is all boring." And what? Did you have years like that? And if so, what changed it? And if not, uh, if not, why? Why didn't you?
1: Man, I mean, I was like my mom, I was kind of born into, you know, definitely born into a household of faith, and my grandparents were so involved in my in our life that it was just normal. I don't remember it being out of the norm. I spent probably um, from childhood, up until I turned 18 and left for college, I spent every Saturday with my grandmother, and she was still is such a strong spiritual mentor to me that I would. I would wake like seven A.M. on Sunday mornings, I would hear her in the in her room with her Bible open, hands raised, praying and singing. And I think what affected me the most is seeing both both family members yeah, two being, generations. Two generations being the same people behind closed doors as they were to wow. their congregation. Wow. They were never ever there was no two sets. They who they were with with me and my brother you know, it was who they were with their church family. And, yeah. and, and it was the same thing. It was they, they honored the Lord, and it taught me that honoring the Lord is what blesses you, that there's consistency in your walk. I mean, yeah. and even even the respect. I mean, my, my mom always taught me that, you know, obeying your mother and father so you live a long life. And so, you know, at Evie's age, I would think, like, I'm going to die early. <laughs> if, <laughs> I'm going to get hit by <laughs> I got hit by a car. Yeah. We're trying to teach you that too. But, you know, just teaching that obedience provides a covering for yeah. you. Yeah. And when you're disobedient and dishonoring, you walk underneath, you leave that covering, you know. So,
0: Evie, I want to ask you a question. Um, why do you love your mom so much? Does she, does she, do, does she teach you good things? Yes. Yes. And do you love, do you love your grandma? Yes. And your great grandma? Yes. Why do you love them so much? Yeah, me too, right? That's good. You did so good. Thank you for sharing that with us. It's transforming. Good job, Evie. We
1: were, we were in the car talking and she said, I love them because they teach me things. Yeah. They teach me
0: things. That's awesome. You have a great family line of Women who love the Lord with all their heart, you're going to be just like that too, all your days. When, as you guys, you know, I mean, you've, you, we've got four generations of Christians here. You know, three generations of women who minister. Miss Diane has ministered all over the the world with uh, Women's Aglow Glow, leading worship, and and when her and uh, and Pastor Charles decided to let go of their church and come help us. I think it was my fault. I was praying, God, give me somebody. At that time, you got to understand, it was all 20-somethings in our church. And I was like, and, and, and the hearts and, and the McCains. And I was praying, oh, God, would someone please, anyone with any bit of wisdom, come and help us. And so I think I caused them to have to let go of their church. I guess the Lord loves me. And, uh, and so, and they came and they've been just, and if you get around Pastor Charles or you get around Miss Diane, you'll just realize these people know, they've forgotten more about the Lord than I've ever learned. and. And they're so they're so gracious with you. They don't try to dictate. And that whole honor thing, I think, has just kind of been passed down. And it's in this family unit. And they are some of the most precious people in our whole church. And and I think that if we can learn to honor the way, I, like, like for example, uh, uh, it was it's financially better uh, for Miss Betty for you and your husband to 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 live with Charles and Diane. It's better for all of you. And. They're always over at the house. Uh, Ken and Kinsey are always over there at the house of the grandkids, or great-grandkids, and always, they're just always as a family unit caring for one another. And I really think that that's the precious piece that if we're not careful, we'll miss. And I love what Miss Betty said. Even though our family may not be Christian, our mom and dad may not even have the best, our best interest in mind. They may be, you know, driven by their insecurity, may be driven by their fear of, of you know, you've you got to go do this or if you don't get this education, then you're not going to, you know, you're not going to amount to anything and, and trying to push you towards that when you feel God asking you to do something else. Even if that's the situation, if we'll walk in honor and respect God will bless us all the days of our life. And I want to, as they stand here with us, um, and, and, and we'll pray here in just a second, but let me give you a couple thoughts. You guys stay up here with me. So a couple thoughts that I came up with, and you can actually help me. Uh, they don't know this. I'm throwing them on the spot. How to honor our parents. The first thing that I came up with that I see in Scripture is that we should speak kindly of them. And I see you do that all the time. I never, I never heard Kenzie go, yeah, my mom's kind of crazy, <laughs> and uh, I just put up they her, okay? And my grandmother, she's, oh, but that's okay. I've never heard anything remotely dishonoring in the way they speak about one another. They literally, it's like fighting words if you talk bad about Miss Betty. If you talk bad about Miss Betty, you got demons, and I just know that already, because she's, <laughs> most precious person on the planet and and so and so i I think that would be a a practical application if we're going to honor our parents maybe we could stop using some of the verbiage that we use uh if you're a young adult in this room or a teenager in this room probably be wiser for you to show honor by not running your mouth or rolling your eyes or or all but cussing them out you know when you disagree with them and things like that here's the second thing that i saw in scripture and that is according to scripture we need to help care for them we need to help care for our parent our parents uh, you know, uh, the hearts, uh, Chris Hart has so blessed me Is uh, you know, he's a close friend, and so I'm walking uh, life with him and, and, and Miss Donna, and, and they've literally, you got aging parents, and, and he's having to go and take care of that. He and and, uh, and Miss Georgia, his sister, and, and just working so hard to care for their mother as Medi- Medicare's running out, and they're going to have to personally finance some of those things and things like that. I think if we'll, if we'll honor And we'll care for our family, we'll care for our family, uh, excuse me, our parents, our, our moms and dads, that God will honor us back according to Scripture. And I see that happening with this family unit. The other thing that I came up with that I saw in Scripture is that we're to cover them. Uh, you see a curse come upon one of Noah's sons. Noah gets after the, you know, the great flood and the rainbow. Noah, the Bible says, he plants a vineyard. He makes some grape juice. He lets it ferment. He gets drunk out of his mind and takes off all his clothes and is running around naked in his tent rolling around. And his son sees it and goes and tells all the other sons, come, let's laugh at our dad. He's supposed to be the great man of God, but look at his foolishness. And the other sons, it says they walk in backwards and cover their naked father. And the Bible says that God curses the one who exposed him. And I think, I think our parents make mistakes. They're humans, but we're to cover them. And that's what the Scriptures is talking about uh, when, when it illustrates that with Noah and his son. And so I, I see that with this family. I, I see them covering one another and, and, and picking up where the, where the other one may not be strong at. And it works as a family dynamic. And I believe that's what's supposed to happen. The last piece that I found in Scripture was that we need to place them in our heart as valuable. If we'll place... Grandma, mom, grandmother, great-grandmother its precious to us. To hear Kenzie talk about uh, getting to spend Saturdays with her grandmother. Uh, my wife talks about her grandmother. In fact, uh, she, she weeps at certain hymns when we're up front. And I'm like, man, this hymn's touching me too. She goes, no, I'm just missing my grandmother. We used to sing this together. And when her, when her grandmother was dying on her bed... Um, and was in and out of consciousness, Jamie was there by her side and they began to sing hymns together and it started. she started coming into consciousness and would sing and it was some of the last moments that Jamie had with her grandmother. That's because she held her as precious in her heart And that's what we have to do. If we're going to honor, I see these are the four practical things that we could do so that it will be, and we'll study what will happen if we'll become people of honor, we'll study the things that will transpire the last week of this series, but according to even this one, so that we'll live a long life. Um, Kenzie already stole my glory on that one or my power on that, but that is true. I want to live a long life, and it starts with honoring family. I want you to stand with me all across the room, and I want you guys to stand, and I'm I'm going, to ask, um, I'm going to ask these ladies to pray over us that, uh, um, that we would be people who honor mom and dad, that the Lord would show us if we have walked in dishonor, and that, uh, and that we would, even if they're not Christians, that we would learn how to love them and hold them dear in our heart. And I want to start, Miss Betty, you start, and we'll come all the way down, and we'll end with Kinsey. Thank you, Jesus.
3: Because of my, my background, I'm going to pray... First, for, for those of you younger ones that your parents may not know the Lord. So, Father, in the name Jesus. of Jesus, we love you yes, so God. very much. So much. We want to honor you first, but we definitely want to honor those that you've given to us to be over us, our parents Father, I pray for those here whose parents or may not know the Lord. I ask you to put such honor in the hearts of those children, yes, those younger ones, yes, that they will be leaders, that they Thank will be able to bring and minister to their parents their parents until they too know the Lord. That they not leave this life without a a friendship and a fellowship with you. Thank you that you put honor in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Thank Thank you, Holy Spirit. That you put real honor in our heart to serve the Lord Jesus and to do what he's asked us to do. Lord, you said that it might go well with us. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that promise. Thank you. That if we honor our parents, it will go well with us.
0: Thank you,
2: Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to lead you in a prayer of just asking the Lord to forgive for the past. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we just ask you to forgive us for times where we have walked in disobedience to you by dishonoring words that we have spoken that were not kind that were destructive we ask you lord to just forgive us in jesus name wipe the slate clean and today we want to make a firm decision that from this day forward we will give honor we will show honor we will appreciate we will be patient and tolerant and kind and loving in the name of jesus that father your grace will carry us through we thank you for your forgiveness today to start a new slate of honoring our, our family, honoring yes. our parents yes, in, the in the name of Jesus
1: just thank you that even today you're going to begin to mend relationships, Lord, that where there's not been honor, where there's not been value, Lord, that you even, you you mend the relationship with us and you mend the relationship with each other, Father, that you would begin to just give ideas, creative ideas of how we can reach out to one another to honor each other, Lord, that from now on there will be such a strong bond in the families, Lord, that that just the things that they didn't even think about and weren't even conscious of until this morning. God, I thank you that you're starting something new in this body, that there will be, we, we will have such a strong cu- culture of honor in yeah. our families, yeah. in Jesus' name. Jesus.
0: Now, the second entity, or the primary entity that we started with today was to honor the Lord. I want you to keep your head bowed and your eye closed. If you've been dishonoring to the Lord, you've not treated him as valuable. You've gotten busy, you've gotten so... You know, you're just doing life. And, and, you, and as I was speaking that, you felt the Lord tugging at your heart saying, that's you, You've, you don't value me like you used to. I'm not precious to you like, like I was at one time. And, and, and we all have to come back into balance on that. I know I do. And I want you, if that's you, if that, as I'm speaking, you say, man, that's me. That's, that started happening. I realized that, that I've really just, I just expect God to always be there and fix everything. And, I, and I've, I've literally, I, I've, I've taken for granted the Lord and, uh, and all the goodness that he's, that he's been and who he is in my life. And I don't want to do that anymore. Right there where you're at, if that's you, I just want you before the Lord to recognize that and say, Lord, that's me. And Lord, I ask you right now to forgive me. Father, right now in Jesus' name, we come before you and we say, Lord, forgive us. Lord, we don't ever want to treat you like the old Jews. Lord, we don't ever want to look at you and go, well, you'll always be there. So I, I can go ahead and dishonor you in this. I can treat you. I know that if I slap you in the face, if I disobey you, it's okay. You'll still forgive me. No, Lord, may our heart be so tuned towards you. May we love you more than anything else in our life, oh God. May you be not just uh, important to us, may you be number one to us. Lord God, may our children say, like we've heard here on this stage, that my mama loved God more than anything else. That my mama served God and I'm telling you, she taught us because she loved the Lord and it wasn't two-faced. It wasn't one way at church and another, another way at home. Father, I pray right now that we would be that. That Lord, today would start even our our inheritance, our legacy of generations of children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren that will say, hey, My mama loved God, my daddy loved Jesus, he wasn't perfect, but he loved my great-grandfather, loved the Lord, and I got to spend time with him. And he, he was real deal. And he was human. He made me say, but he was a real deal, Lord. We today secure that now through prayer and say, Lord, no longer, no longer will we take you for granted. Lord, help us, transform us, change us. Lord. May we never, ever, ever dishonor you, but may you be the King of glory in our lives forever and ever. In Jesus' name, and all God's people shouted, Amen and Amen.